0: Hello everyone, I am Shubha Kankaria and welcome to episode 16 of Dastai Rahi. It is a travel talk where we get to know about amazing places through wonderful stories of various travelers. So our today's guest is an architect and a development professional. His work takes him to some really remote and sometimes restricted areas in the country. Today he's going to talk about his experiences in Rajasthan and Kashmir. So guys, without any further delay, let's get on board Anurup Satle. Hi Anurup, how are you?
1: Hi Shubha, I'm doing good.
0: Welcome to DASAI Rahi, I'm, I'm excited to have you.
1: Same here, excited to be on the podcast.
0: So you know, to, to begin with our talk, uh, I know you have got a very interesting job profile and it has taken you to a lot of remote places of India. But before talking about your experiences at these places, I would like you to give us a glimpse of what kind of projects you work on.
1: I work as a development uh, professional and my work uh, has uh, majorly been involved uh, working with uh, uh, government officials and uh, uh, companies doing uh, CSRs and uh, bilateral and uh, multilateral organizations like UN or World Bank or Gates Foundation. So but it has taken me for uh, various uh, projects like uh, sanitation in Mukashmi to urban sanitation in Pune and and uh, uh, community development through industrialization which was uh, one district, one product in uh, uh, Gorakhpur. So it's been uh, all around the place and uh, yeah, one was also in uh, Kanya Kumari, which was more of an uh, education upliftment of the uh, rural people. So uh, so it's been all over the. So I've been all over the place at uh, various places doing uh, various work, working with people from uh, different uh, cultures and backgrounds. So it's been quite exciting up till now. So it's about any scheme which uh, has to be uh, implemented on ground and we, it just come like a new uh, concept in India. So wherein I come in uh, helping the administration uh, 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 plan the scheme, uh, then create uh, an implementation uh, uh, mechanism for it and then overall creating. Uh, monitoring and evaluation uh, model for the same so that it becomes a sustainable uh, kind of an impact. Okay.
0: So working on grass level, like basic root level.
1: Uh, Yes. So it's been, uh, it's been interesting. Like, uh, so so all the uh, uh, strategy work and create uh model and all happens with the top tier of the uh, uh, government officials where we work with uh principal uh, uh, secretaries and state secretaries and uh, uh district collectors and uh, when uh so so the insight comes from the ground so we have to be really uh connected with the ground as well only then we can create an action plan for the, uh, for the implementation. So we work on uh, both the parallels, so we bring insight from the ground and then create a strategy with the higher ups.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, you know, moving on talking about travel, um, I know, like you said, you have worked on projects and you've been to some quite obvious places, uh, in terms of you know, uh, implementing strategies and working on the program. Um, And starting with, like you said, you worked in Jessal May. So I would like to start with Rajasthan. How was your experience in Rajasthan and what of these places it took you to?
1: So my work in uh, Rajasthan uh, was uh, uh, one of the best opportunities I had because one was the work because work was uh, very interesting. I had to work on uh, rural uh, sanitation. I was uh, deployed by the... Uh, Ministry of uh, Drinking Water and uh, sanitation and which was associated with Tata uh, trust. So um, uh, so we were working on Bharat uh, mission uh, Grameen where we would uh, come up with implementation plans for the scheme and we would try and come up with uh, c- uh, creative ways to spread out the uh, message of uh, hygiene and uh, sanitation, and here's the, here is where the uh, tricky part is because you're working with a uh, rural population. So you can't just go uh, print a booklet and spread among them and they'll know about these things. So what we try to do in this uh, process, we would invite the uh, local artisans and uh, 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 musicians as well. So what we would do is we would have them in our uh, swachhata uh, rallies and swachhata uh, sabhas where they would uh, come up with uh, songs and uh, poems uh, in the local uh, language which would teach people about uh, importance and uh, benefits about uh, cleanliness and things and a toilet so it was uh, it was altogether a different experience we also invited international artists uh, who stayed in a, a, a village for 10 days and uh, kind of uh, uh, beautified the whole uh, village and that inspired the people to, you know, uh, further do this in other villages as well. So uh, this was a very exciting part about uh, my work in Jaisalmer and the other part was where I uh, uh, lived in. So uh, I actually stayed uh, in 800 uh, year 800- year old fort it's the uh, uh golden fort in uh Jaisalmer. so I lived on the fort for uh one and a half year until I was in uh May and one of the most uh beautiful experiences uh, I've had I've met uh new people from all parts of the world and experiencing the um you know that a uh, typical uh royalness on the fort was uh so Something I've I'd, uh, never actually uh, thought in my life. So I had an amazing experience in uh, Jaisalmehdi. The other thing, offbeat places, I would say uh, there's... Uh, uh, on the in India-Pakistan uh, border, I had an opportunity to, uh, to go over there and it's a gram panchayat called uh, Sahagar. Okay. So, uh, Sahagar, you can call it in terms of land area. It is one of the biggest gram panchayat, not only in India, maybe I think in Asia as well. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it's the last gram panchayat on, uh, the India, Pakistan, uh, uh, border. And it's a uh, deserted, like it's a desert land of around, uh, you can say, uh, Around uh, 200 uh, or or uh, or the square kilometers, and you just have uh, 69 people uh, living in that big mass of land. Wow! And yeah, and it's like uh, you can't even access the place uh, uh, by a car. So after a point, you have to leave your cars behind, and you have to go uh, uh, on a jeep or on a or on a camel to go and actually meet. Uh, people at the uh, dhanis who live over there but how so,
0: close is the place from the Pakistan border i mean how, how close so the from
1: is? uh Pakistan border uh, so uh, i can tell you from the no man's land where the india check post is it's just uh, hardly like five or ten kilometers so you can actually see the indian uh, 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 check post and then you see the or uh, no man's land. And then you see the uh, Pakistani checkpost.
0: So that was the restricted area, right? I mean, or any individual can go.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, uh, uh it's a highly uh, restricted place. Only the uh, government officials and the army officials can go to that place. So as I was working with the uh, district administration and was being uh, sent by the uh, ministry themselves, So I had this uh, privilege and I made the most use of this opportunity to travel to that place and it is um, also a uh, cheetah sanctuary in India. It's the only cheetah sanctuary in India.
0: Okay. Where you, like cheetah existed in
1: India, did they? <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, they are actually trying to rehabilitate uh, them back into this land where they were, and they've now got extinct. So they are trying to uh, uh, rehabilitate that place. Okay.
0: Wow.
1: The other interesting part about this uh, place, and uh, called uh, Sahagar, is uh, these people who live over there these are basically Sindh Pathans which (laughs) have been yeah you have these uh, Sindh uh, uh, Pathani people who live over there who who have been there since a generation and they have a sustainable way of uh, living so being uh, cut off from the mainland since so many uh, decades and uh, centuries they've, uh, uh, they've learned how to uh, uh, sustain themselves with their own available uh, resources. So it, it's like they make houses out of uh, the thick grass which grows in the desert. They dry it out and then they use goat hair to make ropes, which they use to tie the grass, and then they use that grass a bunch a bunch to make a house.
0: Wow.
1: And these, uh, I, uh, you can call them. Uh, these buds uh, are basically like uh, they are in a cluster of five or six and it's called a dhani and they're yeah and the uh, speciality about this uh, dhani is that they keep uh, moving with the season so uh, in the in the in the summers. And, uh, uh, in the summers, they are on the uh, top of the dune, uh, because they want the cold winds of the desert. And in, in the monsoons, they come up again. And in the, in the winters, they go down the dune because they want to, uh, safeguard themselves from the cold harsh winds in the desert. Yeah. So it's like every, every four months, they keep uh, moving up and down the dunes.
0: Wow i mean like like the nomads basically
1: yeah they are basically the uh, nomads they only survive on their livestock which is uh, camels cows and goats wow
0: yeah. this is this i I, and, I i feel you're quite lucky to visit a place like this and none of us would be able to <laughs> probably visit a place like this
1: yeah it's one of the most uh uh, uh like you can't even imagine a land like this where you know you just see uh, four people or ten people in a cluster in in a desert, and there's absolutely uh, uh, nothing else over there. Yeah. And uh, uh, one more good part about this place is, if if anyone is into astro uh, photography, it's it's one of the best uh, places in India to uh, uh, do that because you absolutely don't have any uh, city light. So, so with your, uh, with your eyes, you can, uh, with your naked eyes, you can actually see the, uh, uh, the uh, Milky way around the earth. If it is a no moon day. Wow, That sounds beautiful. I mean, did you try uh,
0: the photography?
1: Uh, I, I actually didn't have a chance to uh, uh, click uh, pictures over there at that time because by that time I had uh, drained out my uh, camera battery.
0: Okay. But
1: uh, it was one of the... I felt it was one of the best places to do that. And amazing uh, landscape. You have these uh, dueling uh, uh, sand dunes which keep on uh, moving throughout the day with the winds. So uh, while going and while uh, 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 coming, it's like, you won't see the same, uh, landscape. Wow. So
0: this place is how far from Jesselme?
1: Uh, this place is around 190 kilometers from, uh, uh city. Okay. And the, uh, BSF, uh, check post is at around 100 uh, kilometers from the main city. So. Most of the people, uh, they, they can just go up to that uh, border check post. And beyond that, uh, you need a special uh, permission to go into that zone then.
0: Wow. I mean, this place really sounds amazing to me. And uh, I, I'm sure uh, you had a great time visiting this place.
1: Uh, yes it was uh, uh, really nice the uh, few special things uh, which i could enjoy over there was uh, uh, the goat milk uh, and the camel milk uh, and uh, then uh, the uh, local food they make on the on the uh, on the uh, uh, chulas and all and um, it's basically they use very a minimum of uh, water into everything, so they won't. Uh, they, instead of uh, serving you uh, water or tea, they would try, they would uh, prefer serving you milk. Okay,
0: so like in place so, of using water, they would like to use something which is uh, like right. kind of saving water, uh,
1: right, right? Right, uh, Jessel may, uh. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say, uh, local artisans o- over there. So, uh, w- uh, I've met a couple of local artisans who have been, uh, national awardees o- over there and they have been uh, practicing their art since uh, a generation. So, uh, uh, one of such artists was, uh, uh Mr. Tagaram Ji. He comes from the Beel. He comes from the Beel uh, community, and he lives uh, to a, a, a village uh, very near to the main city. So I and his son happened to be my uh, my uh, colleague's friend. So we ultimately uh, we ultimately uh, got along well uh, uh, together. And uh, his uh, father is into playing uh, these uh, double flute
0: double flute
1: okay yeah and both of them they have a different pitch and a sound and they can play uh at uh they they play uh uh, at the same time they play uh, different tunes on both of them wow that's so
0: that's a (laughs) talent
1: yeah that's actually a talent and i was actually surprised to see how can someone um, be actually doing this thing because it's so uh, difficult at the same time. How can you play two different tunes? Uh, right. So, And plus what he has actually also gone on to doing is he has created a music school of his own in his house campus where international artists or uh, local artists can come and uh, stay over there and learn this art from him and uh, yeah. He has, uh, he has also made a few of these local kind of uh, garden toys, what we call it. like he has a wooden raw seesaw. So it's like just a bark of a tree uh, trying to rest on a pointed bark of a tree, which serves your uh, uh, purpose of a seesaw. And the interesting part is in between uh, uh, like where the joint is, they put some kind of a oil and a piece of a coal, and even when you play this uh, seesaw, uh, it has a tune of its own, like,
0: like this voice the seesaw makes kind of that,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like, uh, I call it as a musical seesaw. So every time you go up and down, it has some kind of a tune uh, of its own, and which is. Uh, absolutely uh, beautiful to experience and um, I've actually not seen such places so e- even I was kind of astonished to see such uh, creativity happening in uh, 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 rural parts of India yeah.
0: so I I was uh, you know about Jaisalmer. I was reading uh, somewhere about this uh, very famous place called uh, Dr. Bhang I mean, there's some person in a place existed like that. So would you like to talk about that?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Bhang. Uh, so uh, as I lived on the fort, so just down the fort, you have this, uh, uh, you have this shop, which has a big board outside and it says legal Bhang shop. And when I first... Uh, uh, it, it, it was my uh, first time uh, traveling to the fort, it was quite uh, shocking for me because I would never imagined something like this in India especially, mm-hmm. so there's this guy and uh, he calls himself as uh, Dr. Bhang he's been there since like 25 or, or, or 30 odd years he's been uh, documented by uh, uh, in by Nat Geo and Discovery and all of these uh, uh, travel shows and the best part about his uh, shop is is basically he has a four page uh, menu card of things with bham okay so and he calls himself as a doctor because he'll first have a conversation with you so he has like the, his kind of a room where you can go and have a seat and he'll come in or talk to you as in um kind of know more about you and uh, as per your habits uh, he will kind of uh, prescribe you uh, what a degree of uh, bhang you should have. So it okay. can be light, uh, medium, strong, or full power, uh, 24 hour, no sleep, no shower. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> <laughs> is all part of the menu. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So this is all part of his uh, menu. And uh, that is how he explains his thing. Like. Everyone in uh, 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 Jaisalmer, especially the locals, they have this, they have this way of having their own uh, slangs or kind of their own uh, one-liners to attract uh, uh, people. Yeah. So he would have bhang in uh, uh, Lassi, you can have bhang cookies, you can have bhang uh, uh, chocolate or you can even have a rolled uh, cigarette of a bhang. Okay. So that was uh, quite a shocker for me to find uh, such a place. and uh, uh, But uh, he's an amazing uh, 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 person to meet in himself, like the way he uh, carries his uh, personality. He comes in a, uh, uh, sometimes you will uh, see him in a Duleka suit and a Safa, and he's at the Bhang Shop. So you cannot even imagine a person like that at a Bhang Shop. Right. and he's quite entertaining a uh, uh, person has a personality a charming personality of his own
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a uh, uh, truly amazing guy i would say
0: yeah i think i i had uh, seen some videos about him and i was quite curious to know like you know what kind of uh, thing goes there so definitely your experience <laughs> is quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay. So, you know, we talked about Jaisalmer and I'm sure you had a couple of other experiences in Rajasthan, but moving on, where did your project next take to you? So after
1: Jaisalmer, uh, I was for some time, I was in the, uh, in uh, Jaipur and then I had an opportunity to work in uh, Jammu Kashmir. Okay. So I was asked like, uh, which state do you want to uh, go to? So I asked them if I can go to uh, Jammu, Kashmir and work. So uh, initially I was told that I can work in uh, Jammu and then they will see if I can work in uh, uh, Kashmir. Once I started to understand the place uh, better. So uh, with the same uh, project and the same organization that I was working with, uh, I moved on to working in a small uh, city called uh, Ramban. Ramban. Yeah, and it is, uh, it's basically a city which links uh, Jammu and uh, Kashmir uh, uh, division. So it's at the, uh, yeah, it's actually at the uh, conjuncture of uh, these uh, two uh, divisions. And once you cross uh, Ramban, to cross uh, Raman into Kashmir, you have this uh, Jawahar Tunnel. So once you cross that uh, tunnel, uh, everything would change. The uh, uh, weather would change the way people dress. They change the food habits, change the uh, language changes. And it's like, it's totally a new world you've uh, come into. And uh, uh, post, uh, uh post that, uh, uh, I uh, I was moved on to uh, the uh, state office in Jammu Kashmir. So the best part about working in state office is like every six months, they have this thing called a Darbar move. Darbar. So, yeah. So a Darbar move is because it's been the, this uh, 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 slang has been there since the old time because uh, previously when... Uh, jammu kashmir was a uh, princely state they had this uh, uh, darbar like the kings darbar would move like in the uh, winters the darbar would would move to jammu and in, uh, and in the summers the darbar would move to uh, kashmir okay. so th- the same thing still uh, uh, still used to uh, continue until the abolition of article uh, uh, 370 uh, uh, and when uh, Jammu and uh, Kashmir were made to uh, different uh, union territories. So up till then, uh, even the state uh, secretariat which now uh, looks after the administration of the state actually moves every six months. So with the uh, uh, Darbar moved, I had an opportunity to work in uh, Jammu as well and then move with the, the And go to uh, Kashmir and work over there as
0: well. So, like when you say you move, what does that mean? I mean, like people start working from a different office, just that's the move or how it is?
1: So, it's basically uh, all the files, everything uh, in the secretariat gets packed into trunks. The trunks get uh, uh, loaded into army trucks. And then with the army uh, convoy, it uh, travels for 10 days from a uh, Jammu to Kashmir. And with this, <laughs> even the, uh, uh, people
0: who work in the, uh, secretariat, they also shift. Okay. So
1: if, if there are a uh, Kashmiri people who are working in the, uh, secretariat and the other uh, is uh, moving to uh, Jammu, the state administration actually gives them accommodation in Jammu for free. Oh,
0: like like it's like a proper uh, move and patch sort of
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's a big shift it's just like just imagine the whole state administration moves it takes like uh 15 days you have a off for a darbar shift or a, a darbar move where everything moves so you come to this place again and then you go to that place again and it's quite an experience. Like uh, I, I think nowhere in India you have uh, this kind of an administrative uh, setup which actually moves.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, now it's no more in uh, practice because now uh, they both have uh, like Jammu and Kashmir are now uh, union territories. So now they have stopped uh, doing this uh, practice. <laughs> but it was quite an experience. And we would enjoy those uh, 15 days of leave, you can say.
0: <laughs> a very different sort of leave. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. And uh, there, there it was nice. like uh, I could see uh, both the cultures. Uh, Jammu is more like a uh, Delhi and uh, Chandigarh. It has a Punjabi feel to it. And uh, Kashmir is totally a different world. I would say you, uh, there's no other place in India or maybe in the world where you can have this, you, you, you can feel the uh, Kashmir Okay. And uh, you have these uh, beautiful people uh, living in uh, Kashmir and they're very soft-spoken. Uh, they are uh, very kind-hearted. And they have amazing, beautiful places in uh, Kashmir. Like you have these uh, saffron fields in pampur, You have so many unexplored uh, hill uh, uh, hilly regions like uh, Gure's uh, uh, Valley. You have these, uh, you have uh, uh, Gular Lake in Pandipura, uh, You have the apple orchids uh, in Chopian. Uh, 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 it has the, uh second uh, largest apple uh mandi in asia is in uh, Sh- uh shopian Okay, i
0: didn't know and that.
1: yeah and uh, you have uh this uh, uh you have this small uh, uh cluster of artisans in Anantnag where they are they make these uh, uh kashmir uh, uh pillow or uh, uh, cricket bats so uh, most of the uh, famous Indian uh, cricketers would usually order their bats from uh, that place of uh, uh, that place in Kashmir, and uh, it's uh, it's totally a different land. Like you'll have uh, like uh, a few special things about uh, Kashmir is like the tea. So uh, you you have these uh, you have this thing called uh, uh kehwa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, 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 Kehva is basically a saffron tea which has a few other spices as well and it has a bits and pieces of uh, 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 dry fruit. So, it is usually served uh, during the uh, winters because it, it keeps you warm. You. And uh, during the uh, summers and in the afternoon, they have this thing called noon uh, Chai which is a salty tea which keeps you hydrated at that okay. time.
0: I think I've heard this noon chai is kind of like, a, sort of like a butter tea sort of, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, it's quite uh, uh, creamy and uh, sometimes it has a different uh, color to it. It has, because they sometimes add a pinch of uh, 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 saffron to it. So it becomes a pink chai. Okay. It looks like pink. So it's... Uh, like it's quite a uh, contrast it looks pink uh, pink but it will taste a bit uh, salty okay
0: okay so but but and, people say that uh, kashmir is a heaven on earth it's always said for kashmir how do you feel like th- does this statement justify kashmir uh
1: i would say uh yeah that's like the most apt uh, description of uh, kashmir or uh, like like how people say, if there is a it is Kashmir. Mein hai. Yeah. And it's actually uh, true to its uh, every word. Because you have this uh, beautiful uh, setting of uh, 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 Dal Lake with boat houses, And uh, you have a boat, a fleet market in the morning happening over there. And you have this beautiful uh, backdrop of uh, snow clad uh, mountains. And most of the uh, Kashmiri houses are these uh, typical uh, wooden houses with sloping roof and a uh, uh, beautiful uh, uh, gardens outside it. And uh, uh, even uh, the uh, food in Kashmir, it's totally uh, different from what you experience in other parts of India. So there, so the uh, 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 Kashmiri uh, cuisine, if you want to experience the best uh, Kashmiri uh, uh, cuisine is to be invited by uh, a local uh, uh, Kashmiri or you, if you get a chance to attend a Kashmiri uh, wedding. So they have this Wazwan uh, 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 meal which is uh, cooked by a uh, Waza and it's predominantly a non-vegetarian feast. Okay. And it goes into, it can be from 12 course to uh, 25 and more uh, courses of meat served over a, a period of time.
0: Okay.
1: And yeah, and it comes in uh, different uh, forms. Like you will have meatballs to you'll have uh, a, uh, uh, kebabs uh, cooked over a grill. You have the famous uh, Kashmiri uh, Rogan Josh and uh, and the saag uh, uh, thing which they have over there. So it's and the best part about a Kashmiri uh, wedding is e- even if you're not able to eat, you can they can actually they give you uh, uh, containers and bags so you can pack things and you can uh, take it back home so uh, uh, nothing gets uh, wasted
0: wow that's nice i mean the wedding has this always problem that you know a lot of food is wasted but a concept right. like this uh, is i'm sure a very nice
1: one right and in uh, this way i would say uh what i could experience uh having been uh, traveled to so many different uh places and having met so many different people what i could sense was uh, uh, these were like interesting parts about uh, 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 kashmir and few interesting uh, things and incidents which happened while i was uh, working in uh, kashmir would uh, be like you know uh, we would always travel if you're if you're working in uh, kashmir it's usually during the daytime And uh, like around four o'clock your day ends. And the best part about that is after that, you can just go to the uh, the lake and you can have a boat ride over there. And uh, your work would be rural areas of uh, Kashmir are uh, uh, like on the hills. So you have one house is on, uh, like you have a couple of houses on this part of the hill. Then you have to trek down, or you have to trek up to go to the other hamlet.
0: Yeah. And
1: everyone is like uh, is into their whole family is occupied with things. So they have these uh, every uh, Kashmiri houses will have these apricot trees uh, next to their house. So they so they get their uh, apricot from there itself. Uh, uh, women of the house would be involved into. Uh, reading it out and uh, uh drying it out into the open sun and uh you have a uh, kind of apple tree uh, 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 near the house or uh, the uh, uh, woman of the house is involved into some kind of an embroidery work or uh, something yeah. and uh, their houses are usually made out of wood so even the floor the st- the staircase and the roof, the whole house is constructed or out of wood mm-hmm. and they have this interesting thing, which is called uh khatamban. okay. So uh, 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 khatamband is basically a, a panel uh, a partition uh, between two rooms. So if they are having a function or an event in their house, so they would open the panels and it would become one big room.
0: All sort of.
1: Like a hall, and if 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 they want, uh, once it is done, they would put the uh, panel back again. And the most interesting part about this uh, this uh, partition is like it is so skillfully uh, uh, crafted that you won't even know where it uh, uh, begins and where it ends. So you won't even actually know that it is a partition. Hence, it is called. Right. That's interesting. And, uh, yeah, and uh, usually you'll find uh, Kashmiri houses, you go, you'll have uh uh Kaleen spread uh, spread out in the uh, living room and everyone sits on the floor. And uh, if it is uh, winter time, you'll like you know, uh, You'll be like over, you will be first uh, given warm blankets uh, to uh, comfort yourself. And then you would be overfed by the uh, love of uh, Kashmiri people because it starts from a uh, uh, keva. And then they go on to uh, feed you for like at least one or two hours after that. So, <laughs> like, until the whole Vazwan uh, meal ends. It's, it's, I think it's either one or two hours of uh, feeding time (laughs) which they spend. And I I think I've been, most of the times I've been overfed.
0: (laughs) I think this says so much about the hospitality of the Kashmiri Mm -hmm.
1: people. Yes. uh, I would say uh, Kashmir has uh, never been truly uh, experienced by uh, many people in India and even uh, the true uh, Kashmir, what you see once you ha- have a chance to live with the uh, uh, locals has been or uh, uh, never been uh, uh, portrayed or been seen uh, by the by uh, uh, most of the uh, uh, people and it's truly an amazing experience
0: exploring kashmir is a to do list or in so many uh, you know travelers list and the experience and the information uh, you have shared definitely makes like someone, uh, people would be tempted to go to Kashmir for sure.
1: Yeah, truly, i uh, one of the best times to go to a saffron harvesting. Uh, so you have to go around 24th of October to 28th of October. So that's I
0: mean, that's one...
1: When yeah. Age. So you, yeah, right. So you just have these four or five days in, uh, in one year where the, uh, uh, saffron flower would bloom And, uh, it's basically, uh, it's, uh, a small or a vessel in a Pulwama district, which is on the way to Srinagar uh, by road. Okay. So uh, it's a uh, town called Pampur and uh, you have acres of uh, sap- uh, saffron fields over there and, and it's the only place in India where you, have, where you can grow uh, uh, saffron and, and it's been uh, cultivated since uh, centuries over there. So but during this uh, peak uh, season, you have even the army would have its outpost, and they would be uh, uh, guarding the saffron fields because uh, it's 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 known as one of the most expensive spices in the world, yeah. and and the whole family is involved into this. So even the kids, the uh, females in the family, the men, they all go to pick uh, saffron flowers, and every part of the uh, saffron flower has been used so the uh, petals they go to uh, they go to uh, uh, companies which are into making uh, cosmetics and uh, perfumes and the uh, strand uh, of uh, uh, saffron so the white and the uh, yellow part has been taken by the uh, sweet uh, shop guys and who make uh, mitai. Yeah. And the real red uh, strand is what actually sells. And it uh, usually gets exported around the globe uh, from India, from that small town in India. And it's uh, uh, one of a kind experience to see uh, thousands of these uh, purple flowers with only two strands of uh, 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 saffron in each of the flowers. Yeah. So quite an experience to uh, uh, walk among those fields.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, and, uh, the resting window also makes it difficult. I mean, like, like you said, the whole family actually gets together to make it happen.
1: Yeah, it's actually quite a task and I think uh, that is because it's been a very uh, labio- uh, 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 laborious uh, work and this thing cannot be uh, replicated with a machine or something because it's involved with a, a very a delicate thing, like a, uh, flower and the stand. So, uh, I think uh, that is what makes it so special and so expensive as well. Right. right. Yes. I think. And, uh, yeah. And also they have this, uh, uh, they have all the other uh, uh, things also you'll find, you'll have uh, golden uh, shahed, you'll have white uh, shahed, you'll have other dry fruits, you'll have uh, kagzi akrot, so uh, kagzi akrot is basically the outer shell of the apricot is, uh, is as thin as uh, paper, so you can basically break it with a thumb and earth. Uh, uh, that's the best uh, quality of uh, apricot you'll, uh, like, acrode you'll find in uh, in the country and uh, it's called kagzi uh, acrode uh, and uh, similarly, you'll find this safed uh, shahed, which is basically like, it's basically transparent and it's like a thick uh, transparent gel kind of a thing and uh, it's basically when the honeybees, they only go to uh, the uh, sunflower flowers okay. uh, to harvest the nectar. And uh, uh, that is when you get this uh, safed, uh, shahed, and which is uh, very good for uh, people with uh, diabetes.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, th- uh, that was, uh, was uh, one of the things which I only saw it in Kashmir. And like every part of, uh, Kashmir, you go, you meet, uh, people like, uh, you find these, uh, artisans, uh, working into a boat emporium. So you have these boat houses into the Dal Lake. Mm-hmm. And, kahani. Uh, I think uh, most of the people might be, uh, knowing that the, uh, uh, King of uh, Jammu Kashmir said no to the, uh, Britishers, that they cannot, uh buy land and build a house in uh, Jammu, Kashmir. So uh, Britishers came up with a nice idea to build a houseboat. So uh, that is how this uh, culture of houseboat uh, uh, came into being in Kashmir. And uh, since then you have these uh, boat emporiums where these uh, you have this art shop uh, on a boat in the Lake. You can go and buy things over there.
0: I mean, there's so much to that place, but uh, I'm not sure how much people actually know. Uh, because, uh, of course, people go with the typical itineraries and they're not able to explore all the aspects of the scene.
1: Right, actually, because uh, this I could uh, experience because I lived with the uh, locals and most of my uh, colleagues were. Uh, like uh, uh, from the uh, uh, Kashmir.
0: So you know, moving on. I mean, we are almost at the end of our talk. And from your experiences, I can see you've been to some really crazy places and have had some really, really interesting uh, conversations and experiences around India. But you know, if if there's any dream place that you want to go and work, what place would that be?
1: Okay, uh, my dream place, uh, I would say uh, being into the development uh, sector, I think I've been always drawn towards working in Africa or uh, in African uh, countries. Because, you know, you have, uh, there's so much of a scope uh, of, uh, trying something new trying to create uh, trying to use your uh, creativity and innovation to solve uh, problems over there. And uh, uh, because it's quite uh, uh, similar to what uh, nomadic people, you have these uh, tribes in Africa which are less known. They uh, have very uh, different uh, culture, and uh, beliefs and I think whatever I've been experiencing up till now kind of uh, resonates with what I want to do and and uh, that would be I think one of my dream places uh, to go and work over there and especially the uh, wildlife in Africa as well because I've been always intrigued by the uh, savannas and things over there so it would be quite an experience to go and work with uh, the uh, remote tribes and uh, locals in Africa.
0: Yeah, sounds sounds like a really interesting dream place, <laughs> 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 especially in the pr- perspective of what you want to do. Uh, being in that place uh, specifically. So Anurup, this brings us to the end of the talk, and I think it was lovely speaking to you and the crazy experiences hearing it hearing them out thank you so much for coming on last time, Rahi. It's such a pleasure to have you for the talk.
1: Uh, th- uh, th- thank you so much for having me board and uh, giving me an opportunity to talk about all my experiences. It was great uh, uh, talking to you.
0: Yeah, same here. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see another week, another traveler. Till then, take care. Thank you.